Welcome to Favorite Things with Mark, your home for all things random, rambling, and nonsensical. Oh, and we're back after a month of enjoying uh, not recording. We have we have come back and we are going to try to stack a few in a row and see if we can have a slightly more regular release schedule. But don't count on it. If you were coming to us for consistency, ha, we got you. Uh, today we are going to talk about New Girl. Uh, one of the things uh, we did with our month off of podcasting is uh, in our time where we weren't thinking about work or filling out adoption paperwork or any of the other myriad of things we were doing, mm-hmm. uh, we were enjoying the show The New Girl on Netflix. Yes. And so uh, a few years back, you had actually started New Girl. I did. I I watched, I can't remember if it was just one or two seasons. I don't think I watched the third season. Uh Uh-huh. But um, it was while it was still airing on uh, TV as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I never, I don't remember what it was. For some reason, I just, I lost interest in it and I stopped watching it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, until you started it up a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I, I was just looking for something fun to watch. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's been a, a, a hectic time, uh, professionally I've had a lot of transition at work, yeah. uh, a lot of good stuff, but, but some hard stuff as well. So, uh, I've, as I've come home from work, uh, a small confession, I've, I've really just wanted to, when it comes to entertainment, not think a whole lot. <laughs> and so uh, New Girl was was my sitcom pick. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad I went with it. Um, just because, A, we love sitcoms. Yes. Uh, so some of my favorites are uh, Community, uh, Seinfeld, uh, I enjoy Friends. It's probably not top top three, but mm-hmm. I I enjoy uh, Parks and Rec, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Honestly, any any good uh, fun sitcom, uh, I enjoy. Hey, Bobby, did you decide to make an appearance on the podcast? Say hey to everybody. It's all right. You can come on over. It's okay. You can hang out while we talk. <laughs> Hey everybody, that was Bobby. If you heard her, if you didn't, she's here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, what are some of your your favorites? Okay, you know what I'm gonna say. Well, I know yeah. that you do it, it either once or twice a year. Watch through the office. The office. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I actually started watching it again if, uh, when you, we got Netflix again. I just kind of. But now I turn it on when it's like, okay, I'm needing something to kind of lull me to sleep because my mind's not turning off. Uh-huh. So right now I'm either doing Parks and Rec or The Office for that because I've watched them so many times. Mm-hmm. I don't mind sleeping through multiple episodes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, The Office, Parks and Rec are at the top. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another one. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy Friends. I'm trying to think of all the sitcoms. There's just so many. I just I just like them. Okay. I enjoyed Cheers when we did Cheers and uh, and then Frasier. I enjoyed both of those. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I just enjoy sitcoms. I'm always looking for something new, like, to get past the office. Yeah. But it's hard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I've I've found that sitcoms in general, they, they have a ton of tropes that uh, will play out almost every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll mention some of those as we get into talking about New Girl, but... It's there's something comforting about that familiar uh, way of events playing out. Uh, yeah. There's something there's something comforting about um, coming back to old friends in the same location or locations and and being able to uh, just uh, see what sort of adventures they they get into, even even as these old friends are uh, people you've never met and situations you would never hope anyone would actually be in. Yeah. So um, I'm enjoying seeing on the, on the Roku right now, all the buildings from different cities uh, <laughs> on the one background. Anyhow, um, going back to new girl, I, the way I, I started talking about it pretty early on in the show and, and, having finished the show all the way through uh, the seventh season, uh, I can firmly say that new girl is uh, it's effectively friends. It's friends set in Los Angeles. uh, But for a, for a newer generation, I could agree with that. Um, So if I think the characters on that are more likable too, in a, in a big way, I think in general, uh, the more modern sitcoms you have, um, the more likable characters tend to be tend to be not always. Um, but they, they tend to be more likable just because, um, modern critics of, of past sitcoms tend to be a little harsher on, uh, past sitcom characters. And in many cases with good reason, uh, Mm -hmm. in general, uh, characters in sitcoms have to be terrible people. Uh, if they weren't, you have no, uh, you have no, exaggerated conflict that yeah. that leads to all the the wonderful entertainment that we got for hours and hours and hours. True. Yeah. But uh no, I I really enjoyed New Girl. Uh I enjoyed a lot of the same things in it that I enjoyed in Friends, namely the fact that when the show starts out, very few of the characters are likable. Yeah. Uh, honestly, at the beginning, I can understand why you might have jumped off the show pretty early because yeah. the characters aren't that likable, but they're entirely watchable. They're yeah. they're entirely enjoyable to to watch. And you actually, in I would say the first season to two seasons, you it's less about suffering with them than laughing at their suffering because they're terrible people. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I'm going to break down the characters real quick. I actually have the new girl Wikipedia up to help, uh, help me with my memory because I have actual important information that I carry in my brain and I can only carry around so much (laughs) trivia. Um, so, uh, Zoe Deschanel plays the titular new girl, uh, Jessica day. And, uh, I, I enjoy her being the initiating force and, and kind of emotional and even comedic through line Mm -hmm. of the show. Um, and that 
she's she's a school teacher in Los Angeles who uh, moves in with a bunch of guys in an apartment, and the the tension, both sexual and and just of having roommates, mm-hmm. uh, plays out to comedic effect over seven seasons. Yes. Um, but I, I just enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed, uh, Zoe Deschanel's portrayal of, of her coming in. She's the same quirky, uh, character that you've seen her in a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's quirkier than she was an elf. Um, yeah. she's, uh, she's just as musical. If you've never heard Zoe Deschanel, um, as a music artist, I highly recommend you go find her on Spotify and listen to her stuff. She has a beautiful singing voice. Yes. Comes out occasionally on uh, on TV shows and such. Uh, I'm sure you heard her in Elf. Yeah. But she has a fantastic singing voice. Anyhow, I'm running down a rabbit trail. Um, so the roommates that she moves in with are Nick Miller uh, Schmidt, yes, he only has one name, at least for the first six seasons, uh, <laughs> and Coach. Uh, now, fun note is that Coach, played by Damon Wayans Jr., uh, is only there for the pilot. Um, I, I mentioned it to you early on. Uh, another sitcom that we had watched, Happy Endings, he was so certain it was going to get canceled. He went, at, he went up for this pilot. The pilot got picked up, yeah. and he had to bow out. Yeah. Um, and he comes back later as, as the same character, but yeah, after, was that after happy endings was over? Yes. So, happy endings had yeah. ended. Uh, so yeah, he came back for like a full season, didn't he? He came back for a season and a half. Yeah. I uh, came back in one season as uh, in season three as a guest star season four. He was a regular cast member to the end of the, uh, yeah, the end of the season. But, uh, first of all, I love Damon Wayans jr. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, Jake, uh, Jake Johnston, Jake Johnson, not Johnston, Jake Johnson as Nick Miller is uh, hilarious, fantastic. And if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, um, he is one of many Spider-Men in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I still hold in headcanon that uh, Jake Johnson is... Spider-Man and Into the Spider-Verse and Zoe Deschanel is uh, Mary Jane Watson <laughs> in his universe. Anyhow, uh, back to the show. So the character that stole the show for me was uh, Max Greenfield as uh, Schmidt. Okay. And uh, Schmidt is a hyper-confident jerk uh D-bag. Yes. Uh, so much so that he has a D-bag jar. Anytime yes. he says anything uh, deemed to be in that realm of, of conversation, he has to put money in the jar. Um, and he is so entertaining, so obnoxious, and every time he suffers, you you laugh, but at the same time, there's a vulnerability to them to him that you simultaneously, you laugh at him and feel for him. Yeah. Um. And he's just phenomenal in the show. Uh, rounding out the cast are Hannah Simone as Cece Parikh, uh, uh, Jessica's fashion model best friend, and then uh, Lamorne. Make sure I'm 
Lamorne Morris. I probably butchered that, but as Winston Bishop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he might have been my favorite character. So he steps in and fills the hole left by coach. And honestly, through the whole show, you you feel the chemistry he has with the other characters and it just works. Yeah. It works really well. As much as I love the coach character, the the Winston character works so much better um, in the dynamic with the other two guys and Jessica that it just, it feels totally natural. And if you didn't know any better, you would think that he had been there from the start. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think the chemistry on the show between all of the actors makes the show. Um, the, the romantic chemistry really works. Yeah. Um, between uh, Cece and Schmidt, um, the romantic chemistry between Nick and Jess mm-hmm. uh, works really well to the point that they had to come up with the most outlandish ways to break them up. The same as, as you do on any sitcom when you're trying not to get main characters together too yeah. early. But the chemistry was just there. It, it worked. Yeah. Um, but also the comedic timing as all of these guys played off of each other. Um, you can tell that it was probably a lot of fun to make the show. Yeah. Um, so much so that uh, even though I, I don't typically, well, I don't get drunk uh, and I do occasionally enjoy a drink. I really want to play the game. Uh, true American. <laughs> um, so a true American is the game they play on the show. At least once and, a season. right? Uh, at least once yeah. a season where uh, in their big loft apartment, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute, uh, they, the floor is lava and they're basically playing Candyland with the furniture. Yeah. And as they go through, they have to come up with quotes. There are a bunch of arbitrary rules. You can actually find the rules to play this game at home online. You can look it up online. There are rules that you can find to play a full game. Uh, I don't recommend playing it with alcohol because you will probably die, but (laughs) Uh, the game looks like a lot of fun, and at some point on my bucket list, I think I want to play a full game when we have a, a place big enough to play it. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about, um, and this is one of those sitcom tropes I talked about before, uh, how every set of characters in their 20s, uh, late 20s, early 30s, has a massive, like 2,500 square foot, loft apartment with exposed brick walls. Yes. Not only do they have this, but they have this when only one of them has a job that could possibly pay their portion of the rent. Yeah. So that's a sitcom trope I love. I think I know why every sitcom has that trope. Why do you think? Space is easier to film in? Absolutely. In a a big loft setting, you can film pretty well. In an actual apartment, especially an actual apartment in most of the areas that these shows take place, uh, you're looking at under 700 square feet. It gets real tight, especially with cameras and crew. You want a big space to work in. 
it's also it pops more for the camera to have yeah. that big exposed brick uh apartment yeah um i love I mean, if we had a chance to live in an apartment that looked like that i would i would sell this house and live there that was in, beautiful in a hot minute in i've actually minute. i've actually told you that my dream is to live in the city in a loft apartment yeah um and maybe someday but for right now this is a lot more affordable yeah but uh i say all that to say uh it's it's one of those sitcom tropes i absolutely uh while I know I know it's not real, it's one of those fantasy bits of the show that the same as any fantasy you go into, uh, whether it's the geeky guy gets the beautiful girl or anything like that. It's that it's that comfort food. It's it's that warm blanket around you of going in and going, you know, even though in in the real world, not having money means you might be homeless. Sorry, my throat's getting scratchy. Uh, in a sitcom, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Not only is everything going to be fine, everything's going to be fine within an episode or two. In yeah. episodes, you usually only run the range of a day or two. Right. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> let you hit some talking points. Okay. So some of my favorite parts, I love Winston. He's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters. I mean, they all, <laughs> like you said, they all work together. Their chemistry was just so good. But Winston was like the lovable goofball that just didn't get it. Yeah. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. And he loved practical jokes. Yes. And his, but the problem was he'd either go way, 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 way too big on the practical joke. Yeah. Or way too small. Like, I put a grain of rice in your shoe small and thinking that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, um, that didn't really happen, but you know, he like did that. faking his death and having a funeral or <laughs> yeah. or a grain of rice in the shoe. There, yeah. there was no middle ground. Yeah. Um, so he was probably one of my favorite characters for that just because, you know, he just kept everybody on their toes because then they just sometimes they're like going, wait a minute, what'd you do? What did you do? And they were trying to figure out. What's going on? What's uh, waiting for the joke? Not sure what's going to happen, but then it turned out to be nothing. Well, honestly, that was a wonderful uh, initiator for humor in the show is you could explain through the Winston character that something weird and out of left field was coming. <laughs> yeah. And it was just because this guy didn't know how to process humor uh, in a in a even remotely sitcom normal way. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I just, I just found that to be funny, and just the way it just kept, it kept things rolling. Yes. Um, and then when he, um, he was cat sitting for a girlfriend, and was it this first season, first or second season? It was late first or early yeah. second season. And uh, he found out she was cheating on him. Yeah. And so he's he broke up with her in the moment, and he said, "I'm keeping your cat." Yes. And he kept that cat until all the way through the sixth season. Yes. Um, and but that cat, the, the his relationship with that cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hilarious because he treated it like it was a child, and yeah, like he bought it things and like, yeah, I'm. I'll I'll be honest. It was kind of. It was it was funny because it was uncomfortable weird. Yes. Because not only did he treat it like it was a child, at times it was a little 
icky and weirder than <laughs> yeah. just a child relationship yes. to the point where you're like, is this cat going to be okay? <laughs> you're not worried about Winston. You're worried about the cat. Yeah. But then you realize there's somehow the cat's the one pulling all the strings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the cat knew what he was doing. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I love that cat. And it was one of those cats with the smashed face kind of, I don't know what kind of the Persian maybe. I'm not sure. I don't, I but don't know. I just. He I was have, a funny cat named Ferguson cats. and I just thought it was hilarious. And, you know, I don't know. So something I see on your sheet is a specific character, but I loved the character progression through the yes. show. No, no one ended where they started. Everyone, no. everyone, at least in the main cast, grew and changed and and moved on. Uh, yes. Whether it's Nick starts out as a slacker bartender and he becomes an author, he becomes a published yes. author who is is driven and and he's trying to he's trying to actually pour out story and entertainment and he's still got the quirks that he had as as a bartender but he's he's moved he's changed he's grown you have Cece who starts out as as this she's a supermodel and that's that's her whole thing to she moves on from that to she realizes she's not gonna get a lot of work yeah. as as a model so she moves on to bartending to because she needs a standby job, and she moves on from that to becoming a manager of models. Yeah. Um, then you have, then you have uh, Winston, who moves on from being an unemployed ex Latvian basketball player <laughs> uh, to who realized he actually couldn't play basketball. Yes. To <laughs> uh, he becomes a police officer, and then a family man and yeah. a, a detective. You have, uh, you have. Jess, who goes from being a, a school teacher to a vice principal to a principal, mm-hmm. uh, you've got um, you have Schmidt, who yeah. starts out the show uh, and as an absolute shallow jerk um, d bag, uh, <laughs> and he he you come to find out that even to that point he had a journey that they show in flashbacks and, and the actor, they put him in that fat suit. Every so episode. Many, almost every episode <laughs> to the point where I was like, man, how much time did he spend in the makeup chair? Um, yeah. But he comes in and, and you come to find out that he has had this journey before the show. And then the journey on the show is, is him growing from a shallow, overly confident, posturing jerk to he becomes a loving uh husband loving father uh and and even in his job he learns to prioritize and and have more depth to himself yes and it's it's a really good journey i really like that that character journey and even how characters grow together and and grow apart but they they grow, they move, uh, which is something that doesn't happen on sitcoms a lot. Even yeah. in the comfort of the sitcom, most characters stay the same. Yeah. No, I just, that that was, and I think Schmidt's growth was the biggest growth you see in it. Yeah. And like you said, I wasn't even, when I kind of put this on my paper, I wasn't even thinking about the flashbacks and how, you know, in the flashbacks, you realize he was just a normal guy, a fat, normal guy. Yeah. Um likable 
and yeah. everything. But even but, then, he was posturing to be to be what he thought everybody wanted him yeah. to be. But then once he lost weight and got, you know, he was what he thought everybody expected for a nice guy. So that's when he became the jerk that yeah. we met. Yeah. And uh, so it was him throughout the show learning that this isn't good. This isn't the way I need to live. I'm self-centered. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and he started giving himself to other people. Yeah. it's In a healthy way. Healthier, healthier way. Yeah. Healthier I way. I, I, I said healthy way. I'm like, not really healthy. I want to put but, a disclaimer you know, out there. Yeah. In no, in no way do we think that the behavior on the yeah. show, even at the end, is healthy. is healthy. Yeah. It's healthier. Healthier. <laughs> healthier. He's getting better. Yeah. But, no, I really enjoyed it. It was, it, it's a great, fun sitcom. Um, there's, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this. This is a blanket statement. I'm finding I like blanket statements more than I like to admit. Um, but it's. Anytime you're going to watch any type of TV show, you're always going to find something to object to. And this one is is no different. And there are going to be people who don't like the show. And that's okay. Yeah. We did. And we really enjoyed this show. And yeah. I enjoyed getting to watch the characters move from shallow, sleazy, self-centered um, 20-somethings to less shallow, less lazy uh, adults who actually cared about things outside of themselves, uh, especially as they grow together, get married, have children. They, they learn to prioritize better. Um, Yeah. I enjoyed that. Like one of the areas of growth in Schmidt, I'm going back to that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I like, so I, I would like, so they had with the D bag jar, like yeah. every time he did something and they like money in the jar every time. Uh-huh. And that jar was always full of cash. Yeah. So my one thing is what did they do with that cash? Oh, I think they used that for the down payment on the house that they bought late in the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm so pretty sure it's... still should Schmidt's money. Oh, I'm certain that yeah. CC just took it out because <laughs> at that point, he had done enough towards her yeah. that she was like, no, this, yeah, this is going is to our house. Now that said, that was probably great for them. They didn't have to take any money out of checking to put their down payment down. Yeah. They were just ready to go. So, and then, um, but I liked as the show progressed and then, you know, like we talked about how he, his growth. So when him and CC got married, yeah, he, okay. So he's Jewish. Yes. So they had the, um, and she's Indian. Yes. So they had the traditional mixture of Jewish and was it Hindu? Did kind you of, just say traditional mixture of Jewish and they had, Hindu? Okay, so they had a mixture of the traditional Jewish stuff. Yes. Along with some, I guess it was a Hindu kind of traditions or just Indian traditions. I, I don't know. I have no um, idea about the Indian side of it. I but I know that. The, but the breaking yeah. the glass, the groom breaking the glass, and at the wedding. Things, of course, in any sitcom, nothing was going right for their wedding. Yes. And um, so they end up getting back to the loft yes. later that night thinking that they weren't going to get married. Uh-huh. Well, everybody else was there. It was Schmidt and the, the guys met Schmidt and they're like, and they gave stuff to get ready when he realized, oh, we're getting married. So I was like, we don't have glass to break. And somebody pulls out the jar mm-hmm. and he broke the jar. And I think there was a lot of really good significance in his growth through the 
through the show. Yeah, and symbolism. That was the turning, the yeah. official turning point of him being a, a douche to being a not quite a douche. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was the you know. So wrapping up, um, it, it was a fun show. It was a good show. It was. I don't feel that. I wasted my time watching the show. Yeah. There's there's some sitcoms we get we get even an episode into. I'm like, well, that's 30 minutes. I'm never getting back. <laughs> yeah. There there was nothing redeemable in this. Honestly, New Girl was was a fun ride. It yeah. was a cathartic ride. It was it was a good ride, especially yeah. as I I'm in my almost mid 30s right now. I'm looking back on my 20s, and I'm I'm not who I was. I'm Hopefully in, in seven years, I won't be who I am now. Yeah. Um, but everyone has room to grow and, and there is lots of humor in that process. And if you're looking for a sitcom that, that kind of has that check out new girl, it's, it's worthwhile. The whole show is on Netflix right now until they lose it like everything else. And, uh, (laughs) it's a, it's a fun watch. Uh, it may not be your cup of tea, but I'd recommend it. Yes. All right. And so, guys, we will be back in uh, just a few minutes for us, but a couple weeks for you. Hope you have a great time in the meantime. Hope you'll join us for our next set of favorite things. Hi, we're Mark and Betsy. And we're adopting. So a little over, gosh, it was almost 13 years ago. Uh, Actually, it was longer than that. Uh, We met as co-workers at Cracker Barrel Old Country Store in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, I asked you out by accident. Yep. And uh, 10 short months later. um, We got married. uh, Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) Uh, There is a slight age difference between us, but I still love her anyway. So shortly after we got married, we tried to um, start growing our family and tried to get pregnant. Um, But pretty quickly, uh, within a few months, we discovered something wasn't quite right. We wrestled with infertility for many years. It was a very dark time in my life. Being a mom was a very important goal for me. It was what all my identity as a woman was wrapped up in. It took several years for God to break through and show me his plan for my life. Uh, around that time, we we surrendered to, to being childless. We were going to be uh, good uncles and uh, a good uncle and aunt, but that was, that was what God had for us. But then God threw us another curveball. We found out we were pregnant. That was fantastic, miraculous news. Um, unfortunately, it was over really quick. We miscarried. I didn't think God would take away my baby since I had waited such a long time for this. And during this dark time, about a week after the miscarriage, God woke me up early one morning and he told me that my baby's name was Hope. Uh, It was in this time that we really wrestled with God um, and wrestled with our desire for a family. Up to this point, we'd, we'd kind of given up on ever being parents. We looked at foster care and adoption, but we, we didn't really think it was for us. But during this time, God was stirring our, our deepest desires to be dad and a mom. Around this time, God led us to some deeper relationships uh, through discipleship and um, 
in this time, God has called each of us to uh, surrender, uh, not just for ourselves, but also for our family. And in this process, he brought us to the process of adoption. We are adopting a domestic adoption for an infant. We are going through Bethany Christian Services. In order to do that, we need to raise a total of $26,000. Already through the generosity of Fellowship Bible Church and other friends and family, we've raised around $10,000. With that said, we still have about $16,000 left to raise. And that's where you come in. If you can help us on this path, we're hoping to raise that and then some. Anything we raise beyond that will go into the I Choose You Fund for Fellowship Bible Church to help other people bring home their children. Thank you so much for all your generosity and your support financially and prayerfully in walking through this journey with us and to help us bring home our baby. Thank you for coming alongside and being there for us financially and prayerfully as we walk this path towards bringing home our forever child. We don't know his or her name. We don't know the color of their skin. We don't know the background they're coming from. But because of your gift, we're going to be able to bring baby Burdette home. Thank you so much. Thank you.